everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Soul Expansion and Inspiration. This is Series 2, Episode 13, and I'd like to give a very warm welcome to Michael Lumen. Got, <laughs> Got your name right. How are you doing, Michael? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, Mike, for, for the listeners, Michael is um, someone who helps others to heal themselves through their own empowerment. Is that right, Michael? Yeah, I empower them to do what they're already capable of doing. They just might have forgotten. Yes, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Michael is also an author and he has written a book called A Journey of Addiction, Recovery and Redemption. And um, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about that book, Michael? Sure. So uh, it's, it's 100 meters, A Journey of Addiction, Recovery and Redemption. And it basically tells the story of the first portion of my life where I spent from age 15 to about 27 addicted to drugs and alcohol and a couple years in prison. Okay, and so, um, so you spent a couple of years in prison um, for? Making poorer choices than I probably should have at the time. Um, so my addiction started with alcohol and quickly turned to ecstasy and acid at the clubs. And then not long after that, I started selling ecstasy and acid at the clubs and then speed and, you know, all that other stuff that goes along with it. And in the end, I was manufacturing meth that I ended up getting in trouble for. But, I mean, I had been in and out of jail numerous times throughout that 10-year period. And everything just kind of added up. And at the end, it was 24 months. It could have been 54 months is what I got sentenced to, but I was lucky enough to get into a boot camp program where I was able to reduce my sentence. Wow. Oh. Very good. So when were you released from prison then? Um, in 2002. Okay. So, and your story um, is uh, a little bit different than, than other people's stories. You instantly healed yourself um, by changing your mindset, would you say? Um, I would say that I instantly healed myself by allowing myself to step into a new possibility and not limiting myself by everything that I had thought in the past. So what, what ailment was it that you had at the time? Because I know you've had lots and lots of injuries over here. <laughs> over your lifetime um what injury was it that you had at the time that you were able to heal yourself instantly so well i'll, I'll just give a little bit of a, a lead up to that right? Perfect. So i've had seven right knee surgeries two left knee surgeries now the first knee injury is kind of what led me down the path of my um addiction because at the time i had felt that everything that I wanted out of life was not gonna happen. And so before that moment, I was able to 
say no to making forward choices and in that moment of not thinking that things were going to turn out the way that I wanted to, I said yes to drinking. And at that moment, I was not able to stop. And then things just got progressively worse. So seven right knee surgeries, two left knee surgeries, two broken ankles, a torn quad, two torn hamstrings. Now, somewhere in here, I, I, I did start to think that, oh, wait a second, this is not just coincidence, right? Mm. Um, that it's not just because I play sports too hard. Right? Yeah. And I, I started to understand a little bit of more about uh, things that were not so physical, right? Like there must have been an imbalance somewhere that just put me in position to injure my legs, right? Like if there's disharmony somewhere and I'm playing sports, then of course I'm gonna open myself up to leg injuries. If I was a pitcher in baseball, it might've been my elbow, right? Mm. I started to understand frequencies and vibration and, you know, the not so physical things. Um, yeah. And then I started having severe back pain and groin pain and spent two and a half years struggling through that, trying to figure out, you know, what was going on with that. I had had, I had had one back surgery and three weeks later herniated the same disc. So I had an eight and a half millimeter protrusion in L4, L5. I'd lost three inches off of my quad. I'd be walking and then all of a sudden fall because my leg would give out. I'd, I, I was renovating houses at the time and I'd fallen twice off of ladders because my, my leg gave out, right? So all of this stuff, and it felt like I was getting kicked in the groin all day long. Well, I was thinking it was just my back, okay, but after the first surgery, then they're like, well, let's just x-ray your hips just to make sure. And so when they x-rayed my hips, they're like, oh, well, you have bilateral impingements in your hips, and then I had an MRI on my hips, and then I found out I had torn labrums in my hips as well. So. At that point, it was the hip surgeon was like, well, I want you to do your back again first and then spend six months to a year getting into shape, right? But you've never been kicked in the groin probably, but it, it's not a fun experience, right? And I'd already made it, you know, two and a half years thinking that I was going to be done with all of that. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't, I didn't take pain medication. Mm. Right. Towards the end, I did take uh, gabapentin, which is a, a nerve blocker, but it really, didn't do, yeah, it didn't really do anything except kind of make me a little bit something. Right. So in that moment of out of options, oh, and going through a divorce. Right. So in that moment of no other options, not being able to see the light at the tunnel, not having that next doctor's appointment yeah, right, to, to look forward to. Because at least when I had a doctor's appointment, right, it was like, oh, like just make it six weeks, right? Then I can see the neurosurgeon who's supposed to be 
you know, mm -hmm. and that's a whole different story in itself, right? But so in that moment of, of out of options, I went out of town and I already understood enough about energy that I knew that I could program a rock or a crystal or, or whatever it was to hold a certain frequency. Um, so how I figured you do that very quickly. What's that? How did you learn how to do that? Um, just kind of by chance, because I mean, I started seeing like all the power band bracelets and I met a guy that owned a company that made patches that they programmed with a computer with certain frequency and they worked for performance with athletes and, you know, EMF blockers and all that kind of stuff. Right. And just, I guess, just goofing around one day, I thought, well, instead of putting the patch on somebody to see if their performance increases 25%. And I, the first person was my mom, right? Because she was easy to test because with push-ups she could do maybe one on her own with, with the patch or the bracelet she before. So I just how many? Sorry, it broke up there for a second. Like four. Okay. Right. So I just held it in my hand and focused my intention on my mom and she was able to do the same as if she was wearing it. That's amazing. Right. So, and at the, this didn't necessarily make as much sense at, at this time because this stuff happened in like 2012, 2013. And then I got into the whole pain routine and it was pretty much just go to work, come home, go to sleep, get up, go, right? I mean, there was no, no exploration, no other space for any other thinking, right? So, I, and I, I started too to understand a little bit more about how I interface with the world around me, that I was a magnet for other people more so than an example, right? So whatever I was feeling might not have all been mine. Yeah, so like an empath, you were picking up other people's energies. Yes, yeah. but a true empath wouldn't internalize it. I think that's more sympathic when we, we feel it, mm. right? We can relate to it because we, we feel it, right? Not, we don't understand the energy, we, we agonize, right? But that was part of my, my purpose, right? I, because even though I stopped drinking, I still had some behaviors that were present before I started drinking, right? Like throughout my whole addiction, I thought, well, my life already sucks. So I might as well take a little bit of suck from everybody around me so that their life can be a little bit better. But that's not effective for either person because their life's still going to suck and yours is going to keep sucking because you're, you're holding on to all of that stuff. Right? But at a certain point, that becomes right who you are, and you you think that you're good, or you give your credit for being the person you want to be because of all this stuff you've taken, but you're not actually being that person, right? So that person is buried inside, and the only validation it gets is from all this stuff that they that is taken on yeah right 
So in that moment, I was able to, so I didn't want the pain to go to anybody else, right? Because I already felt like I deserved it or I earned it, but I no longer wanted it to hold me back. So I put all the pain into a rock and as I threw the rock in the river, it was all gone. So one moment I couldn't even walk upright. The day before I had, I had tried to take my kids paddleboarding and I, I couldn't even stand up or balance on the paddleboard. I, I threw the rock in the river and I drove back to Portland and I paddleboarded across the Columbia River, which is a, is a, you know, a big river that separates Oregon and Washington in the Pacific Northwest. It's like a quarter mile, right? So it wasn't that that started this healing process and months later then I was feeling better. It's like one moment I had all those things and the next moment I didn't. Did you know before you did that, that that was going to happen? Or was it like a shock to you that it happened? Or was it's it still like, a shock to me? Yeah, but you had to hold that belief in yourself. I mean, we have spoken about this behind the scenes, you and I, you know, with me being a healer, etc. And I understand that, you know, we all have the ability to heal ourselves. But yeah. for, for you, I think, it's about that person going from even belief to knowing, isn't it, that they can heal themselves? Right, because the, the miracle happens at the transition between believing and knowing, right? So I had enough belief or faith or whatever you want to call that thing that created that action, right? So doing is like the action of, of belief. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that it was going to happen, but I, I knew that I didn't have any other options. Yeah. Right? So I had to do something because whatever I was doing wasn't working. Yeah. So in so, the moment that you felt better, did you like jump up and down and do a kind of a dance around the place? <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say that because, and if you've watched some of the videos, the reaction from people doesn't necessarily fit with what is happening because it's, there's still all that disbelief there that it happened. So what really facilitated the, the miracle was when I did something different that I wasn't capable of doing before. Like the paddle boarding. Correct. Yeah. Right. So, I had enough belief to, to go, to throw the rock, to feel something, right? The paddle boarding is what converted that to knowing so that it didn't have a chance to go back. Because it's a two and a half hour drive from where I was to where I went paddle boarding, mm. right? And so that whole drive was still all those questions and everything, right? I knew that I felt better because 
I couldn't walk upright before and it hurt to sit down and it hurt to drive, right? And I barely hiked, you know, to, to the river and walking back, there wasn't, I, was, I didn't have any pain, but there was no discomfort. I wasn't leaning, leaning over, right? But it was still, I was still trying to grasp that that had happened. Yeah, so my question to you then would be, you know, when you say that you have to go from believing to knowing, and you had enough belief when you threw that rock, but really you didn't know. So how did that happen then? Well, I, I had enough belief to act. Yeah. Right? And then the action after that is what converted it to knowing. So the doing different things. Okay. So we could sit around and talk about how awesome we are. And actually, we, I, we do sit around and talk about how awesome we are, right? You forgot the source. <laughs> but in, until, until we do awesome things, eventually we might convince ourselves that we're not awesome. Right? So the action started the knowing, right? So the walking back to the car started that, that transition, right? But sometimes the more visual something is, the more impact it has, right? The more of an emotional experience, right? The more that it can override all the disbelief. So since there were times before when my back hurt that I was able to walk without pain. Yes, you knew that there would be again. Well, or I could still question that, not, that maybe something didn't happen because I've had moments where I could walk upright and there wasn't pain or I could drive in the car and there wasn't pain. But since I had that fresh reminder of the day before paddleboarding, right? And not times when I had been able to paddleboard when my back hurt, right? So I couldn't question it because it was one way one time and totally different the next time, right? So sometimes when I'm working with people, they will say, oh, well, there are times though when it doesn't hurt that much. Yeah. Right, because as soon as the pain goes away or starts to go away, right, they're grasping at whatever. Oh, well, yeah, now that, I, now that it's less, I, I remember there have been times when it has been less. So it's the, it's the same thing, right? But there was nothing I could question because one day I couldn't paddleboard, the next day, What continues to facilitate that, what? We froze there for a second, sorry. Um, so, and, and what continues to facilitate that knowing is every time I see it work for somebody else, I know that it's possible. Yeah. Because somebody else is doing it. And, and when they do it, it's just like I'm doing it. Right, so I don't have to 
experience the instant healing over and over again to continue to, to know. I can see it in others. Yeah. So it makes it more believable for yourself. Right. Because miracles happen all the time. And eventually we start to question and, and disbelieve that it even happened. Right? Mm. Like if I would have gone back to my same life doing the same things, eventually I would have said, oh, that probably didn't even happen. Right? I must have been imagining that or it must not have been that bad or or whatever it is that we tell ourselves right mm. right so continuing to see it over and over again continues to make it real yeah so do you want to talk about that a little bit because um for the listeners that don't know you do group healing sessions online don't you i do so do you want to talk a little bit about that and, 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 and what you do? I wanted, I, I just, before we do that though, I actually just want to go back to the rock for a second. Okay. Cause I know like you and I have been chatting some for quite a while over the last few days. And uh, you spoke about how you program the rock a little bit like you program people program crystals for yeah. and intention and all this stuff. I almost feel like you're going to ask me to go find the rock. Oh, do you have it? <laughs> it's in the river. Oh, <laughs> of course it is. Uh, no, my question was, do you want to explain a little bit about that to the people before we move on to the, yeah, the healing of sure. the groups? Because we will get to that. And looking back, the pain didn't go into the rock. Yeah. Right? Because the pain's already accounted for, right? Pain just doesn't leave us and then just floats around and get into the bird or the animal or the person next to you or, or whatever, right? It just, it's constantly, like everything is contained in the smallest of particles and the biggest of particles, right? As life flows through us, it's there. We just choose to relate with it. Energy. Yes. My way not to relate with it was to put it into the rock. So it was the form of the action that made you believe and know that I'm, yes. yeah, I get you. Because my belief at that time or my knowing at that time was I could put it into the rock. But my knowing today is different. So the rock wouldn't work. Right? Right. Because now I know that the rock didn't take the pain right? That it's accounted for. But so for anyone thinking of going out to get a rock. <laughs> well, and for some, it might, that might work. But the, the most important thing to remember through in that experience was the reason that it works, like the reason that healing can be instant, the reason that people are able to heal themselves all the time is because each moment in time, is its own moment in time. Mm -hmm. right? We think of everything as a constant, right? But, but this moment is different from this moment. And what makes them difference is, different is the information here is different from the information here. Yeah. Right? yeah. Now, sometimes we want to work backwards in time. 
and, and change the energy so that the information eventually changes. But as soon as you change the information, the next moment in time is different. So one moment the information said, torn labrums, eight and a half millimeter protrusion in L4, L5. The next moment it said, healthy back, healthy hips. Did you go back and have a scan? Well, I went back and asked my doctor if I could have a scan and told him my experience and his question, well, his first off, he was wondering what I was trying to get from him in the two and a half years that I was in constant pain, right? But since I wasn't ever asking for pain medication or didn't take pain medication, he couldn't, couldn't say that I was wanting pills, right? But then he was, um, he said, we don't, we don't MRI people that don't have pain, right? It's like, how would, I, how would I submit it to the insurance company for an MRI if you don't have pain anymore? Right. Well, I can see his predicament. <laughs> yeah. It's true, I guess. It's, it's, it's a built-in safety mechanism as well, right? I mean, they don't, they're not out to prove that people can heal themselves. They're out to prove that people are in pain and they need procedures. Yeah. Right, but the proof is that everything that I couldn't do, I was able to do. Yeah. So right? was he shocked? Do you think he was shocked? Yeah, it took him a little bit of time to come around, but he's still my primary care physician. So I see him, you know, every once in a while. Um, yeah. And yeah, it just, it took him some, some time. Yeah. So um, you're, you're helping lots and lots of people. Um, as I said, I've watched a couple of your videos myself um, and you are helping them online and you've had some amazing, let's call them little miracles because really they probably are little miracles. Yeah. You know, you've cured a woman of who was blind. Was she fully blind? She was um, completely blind. Oh, we're breaking up again. She was completely blind, was she? Yes. And you helped her to heal herself to the point where she had back 80% of her vision. Isn't that correct? Yes. That's I, absolutely amazing. It was. And I wish I had that one really well on video. But I didn't start the video until after it was already back to like 60%. Wow. And was she blind from birth? No, the, something had happened. Um, Cataracts, maybe, or something? No, it was something in the military, but yeah. Okay. So, what was her reaction when she could see again? And how long hadn't she seen for? Do you know? So she had. She could see out of her right eye. Okay. Like sixty percent, I think, and then left eye couldn't see at all. It was at the point where it was causing so much problem in her life that they were even looking at doing some type of lens replacement surgery or something, right? But the, the chances of it being successful were low and the cost was, was huge, right? So I would say that she was probably at that point of out of options as well, right? So it, it probably was easier for her to grasp. But still, 
in the moment, it takes a while for people to really grasp what's taking place, right? Like the video with the hockey player is a, is a good one. I haven't because, seen that one. Okay, so he had to retire from hockey um, six years ago because he had a shoulder surgery that wouldn't, didn't ever get better. And his, his, like his range of motion, he couldn't move his arm out this way and he could only lift it up like this, right? But five minutes later, he has both his arms straight up like this. But the amazing thing to watch though is his face as he's like watching his arm, you know, in disbelief. Yeah. Right, because all of a sudden he can do something that he had convinced himself that he wasn't going to be able to do. That's amazing. And, and there's really not much to say in that moment. Right? Yeah. Because, right, like, what, what do you say? Now, a lot of times, and I wish I had a video for all the experiences that I've had because a lot of them I don't even have on video. But the response an hour or two later of, oh my gosh, OMG, dot, 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 emoji, emoji, you know, whatever it is that, you know, then it, it sinks in and they're like, this is amazing, right? Like, sometimes they don't even know what to say or even say thank you, but they're just like, right? And I'm like, I was just like, well, I'll check back in with you in a couple hours and see how you're doing. Yeah, I've watched them actually, and I always go like, why aren't they thanking him? Look what he just did, <laughs> or helped them to do, I should say, you know. Yeah. Um, so that kind of made me laugh as well that you just said that because, yeah, I suppose maybe they are so shocked that they just don't know what to say. They can't find the words, but, you know, I suppose I've always been brought up to say thank you. So I'm always kind of sitting there in shock when nobody says thank you, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I, 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 I get it, right, because there's still their whole reality has changed, right? They're yeah. no longer able to interface with it the, the, the way that they had. So it does take a moment for all that to, to sink in. Yeah. And I have, I, I have, um, I have a shorter attention span, so I'm off to, <laughs> to the, to the next one. Right. So I, I, I'm like, okay, we'll just, you know, message me a little bit and let me know how you're doing and, you know. You have a short attention span, is that what you just said? Yeah, probably. <laughs> right. Okay, so. But that probably factors into my perception of what's possible. Yeah. Right, like, if, if I thought healing was a 60-minute process, then I might be okay with sitting there and doing something for 60 minutes. Yeah. Right, but I, I don't know if I could sit there and do something for 60 minutes, right? It works for me because it fits into my, you know, personality and my, you know, traits as well. Yeah. And that's what you believe is possible. So. Right. Based off of everything that has happened yeah. up until the point in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And I, I know you've got lots of testimonials, um, 
I don't know where they are, but I know you do. I, uh, yeah, I have a list of probably 200, 300 testimonials. Yeah. And at one point, it's funny because I was just doing it through Messenger. I wasn't even really doing face-to-faces. And it might have even been more effective because I didn't necessarily question it. And I was doing, and I was working with like three or four people at a time and just allowing it to do its thing. Right. And it wasn't until like afterwards where one time a lady said, Oh my gosh, I haven't been able to stand up out of my wheelchair in however long. And I'm thinking you were in a wheelchair, right? It's like, it's a good thing. I didn't see her in a wheelchair. Yeah. Right? Because I do have a video with Brad and Brad, hasn't been able to get out of his wheelchair for 11 months and he was able to stand up but coming into it knowing that he's in a wheelchair does that mean that it puts a, a sort of a block on your belief system then to help yeah 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 and so there's it's always a we thing but if somebody wants to give me the credit right I always tell them that it, it, it's the we thing, right? I'm doing what I'm doing and you're doing what you're capable of doing, right? And there's probably some sort of flow between the other person and myself, right? Like if, if I come into it with more knowing or more belief, I can offset a lot of disbelief yeah right but there's some things that it's tougher to get into that moment with enough knowing to offset right like like brad his life has deteriorated over the last five or ten years right which has put him into a wheelchair right so there's a lot of disbelief that has to be offset Right, but as soon as Brad starts telling me his story, right, then it becomes more real to me as well. I have to step outside of that and just know that it's possible for him to stand up, but then hold that space long enough so that when he does stand up, that he's able to create that elevated emotion sorry you broke up there so so that he has the elevated emotion to 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 override that progression of that story of of the past right so if if 11 months ago he was able to stand Mm -hmm. and then he's standing now that's not quite enough of a switch to offset everything that he believes right so how is he going to move forward then how 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 are you going to help him to move forward through that how do you break through those types of barriers practice you just keep doing it keep doing it and 
also, if Brad learns enough to be able to share it with somebody else, and then he can see it start working for other people, then it's almost as if he's doing it himself. Mm -hmm. Right, but when, when our life starts to deteriorate and we think that this is gonna be the outcome, right, the ego is already trying to navigate the easiest way for us just to not be here anymore, right? And it doesn't want these huge changes because it doesn't want to have to change the story, right? Mm. Everybody has, has a story, right? It's this way because of this and this and this and this and this, right? And then once that story starts, then it's easier just to tell that same story than to create a new story every moment. Yeah. So for somebody like, you know, somebody elderly, right? Sort of in their 80s who's like, you know, they are thinking, you know, oh, I'm getting old, my body's old, and so they start having all these ailments and things like that that they create in themselves. Right. Is there a way backwards from that? Yeah, I, and, but again... limiting beliefs that, well, I'm getting older, my body's getting older, therefore I'm going to be you know, decrepit almost, and, yeah. and all these different ailments in my body as a result, and it's as yeah. a result of becoming older. So a lot of people hold that belief. Yeah, almost everybody does. Yeah. Right, and that's why sometimes the those people might be more difficult because it takes a lot more belief to offset that disbelief right or if 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 the person is the light right they're already capable of doing all of this they just have forgotten and that light's really dim it needs some sort of an external spark hmm. right something to allow it to shine again right but if that spark isn't bright enough it, it might not even get to the light, right? So the same as if, if the knowing isn't strong enough, it, it, it won't override all the disbelief. Okay. But right? is there a way past it? Yeah. Well, there's a couple different ways. One, I can become more effective at being a spark, hmm. right? So the more... I do, the more I see, the more people I help, the more I see what's possible, this continues to grow, right? right? So then this spark becomes brighter. But yeah. at the same time, this person can practice at changing their belief system, right? And what, one of the things I like to tell people is, it's not about the results because the last thing you want is somebody to be disappointed that their pain only went from an eight to a three mm. right? because they were expecting a zero. But the most important thing is, is that if it can go from an eight to a three, if you can go from not being able to get out of your wheelchair to being able to stand up, or I have a lady that was paralyzed in 2013, 
who is now able to kick her leg, right? If, if you're able to kick your leg, then it's not that far of a stretch to think that you can stand up and walk. We just haven't got there yet. Yeah. Right? So whether it's me or her or a combination of both, right, the possibility is still there. It's just going to take a little bit more work. And there's people out there that are already teaching similar stuff. I mean, Joe Dispenza is great at this kind of thing. Right? He comes at it from a really scientific information way, right? Like, he teaches people how to, over time, get to that place to where that possibility exists. But, you know, sometimes it takes people two or three years to really start to notice these huge changes. There's nothing different between what he's doing and what I'm doing. Because of my own personal experience with healing, it's easier for me to get people there quicker. Right. Because I know it can happen instantly. His experience in healing himself, it took him a lot of work and a lot of time. Right? He had to sit there and visualize the healing process over and over again. And when he got out of that, he had to get himself back to that place until it stuck. Mm. Right? So, but the only reason that it's possible is because it's already possible. Yeah, in the realm of all possibilities, everything is possible. Yes, and, and people are healing themselves all the time, whether it's with pharmaceuticals or with or with meditation or with yoga or whatever it is. I mean, it's always the body healing itself. Yeah. Some and, tools... And is, our, our bodies, ourselves, we're new every... However often it is, it's quite frequent, though. Yeah, but... Biology can change instantly. DNA can change instantly. I mean, Bruce Lipton talks about it. But in, I think, 1985 or 86, they MRI'd a lady that had cancer but also had multiple personalities. But only one personality had cancer. How does that work? Because the belief system in one personality believed she had cancer. Right. In the other personality, it, it believes she didn't. But we're no longer a victim of our, our genes. But we can't blame our parents for giving us something because genes are upregulated and downregulated all the time. Yeah. It's environment. Abraham Hicks talks about that, actually. Yeah. Right? So it can all be changed. Yeah. You know, they, could, they, they even have talked about how it's possible to grow back a hand if you've lost a hand and things like that. And actually, I know somebody who was in Vegas a couple of years ago and she ran into this guy and apparently he's pretty famous. So he actually isn't allowed into the casinos um, because he sets all the alarms off with his energy. <laughs> yeah. Well, but he so some of his fingers. If... If a salamander can grow a tail, yeah, then we could regrow an arm as long as the information is different. But all the building blocks are all around us. Right? So I was able to charge my cell phone in my hand. 
I started to. We broke up again. Sorry. You said I, I started to charge my cell phone in my hand. Right. So I knew that the phone only used a certain percentage of the battery. The rest of whatever was in the battery dissipated. Yeah. Right? But there's EMR, EMF blockers that you could put on your cell phone that will extend the battery life as well because it's more of what the phone needs in the battery. Right? So if whatever's in the battery of the phone, where does it go? We broke up again, sorry. So I can't remember the last thing you said before you broke up. <laughs> oh, that's right. uh, so sorry. If 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 all the energy in the battery doesn't go to power the phone, where does the rest go? It just goes out here. Right now, if you could plug your phone into charge, that works. Now they have charging pads where you can set your phone on a charging pad and that works. But all they're really doing is telling the energy to go into the battery. Yeah. They're getting it from power, from a power line or a plug or whatever, right? But it's all here, right? So after four hours of focusing on it and over and over again, getting my space myself into that place, knowing that it was possible for me just to tell the energy to go back into the phone, my phone started charging. That's amazing. Luckily, I had a second cell phone that I was able to, oh no, my friend showed up just at that time and I was able to use his cell phone to record it. Because oh. for about five minutes I was sitting there and it was blinking like it was charging and I was like, ugh. <laughs> That's amazing. God, I could do with you here. My phone's always dying. <laughs> well, and here's the thing as well, is why is your phone always dying when somebody else isn't always dying? Because we're, we're always interfacing energetically with our surrounding. Because I'm always honest, because I live on Facebook. <laughs> or you're getting something from the phone as well. I mean, people will drain phones just by their energy. I mean, people drain us just by their energy. Yeah, they do. Right? So it's, it's all the same, the same thing. It's like somebody that doesn't, that says they don't feel energy and you ask them, well, if a negative person walks into the room, do you know? Yeah. Well, how do you know? Well, I don't know. I just know. Yeah. But you know, because you feel it because they don't say anything. It's not what they're wearing. You just feel something different. Exactly. And everybody feels it. And it even can happen if you walk into an empty shop or an empty room and the, the, the remnants, if you like, of the energy that was there previously can still be lingering and will still linger. So yeah, it's, it's just easier sometimes to grasp that it was a person than to go into a space and pick up on the energy because you, you're still at whatever level, you're still questioning is that real? Am I really feeling this? Right? I mean, it's all the same. Like if I put my hand over somebody's hand, it's easier for them to grasp that there might be an interchange of energy than for me to be here and you to be there. Yeah. Right. Cause the space doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter because and I've often asked people because people often say to me on Facebook that they can feel my energy and I can feel lots of people's energy. And I think, you know, sometimes quite often it is if the connection is stronger between you and that person, you know, um, then it's, it's more palpable. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I think it's able, able to overcome time and space easier. Yeah. So we were going to talk about your, your group where you do your videos. You also have a YouTube channel, don't you? I do. Yeah. So do you want to um, talk about what you do in that group? What's your intention going forward for that group as well? And for your yeah. YouTube channel, etc. For sure. So you want me to explain what I'm doing when I'm working with somebody in healing? You can if you like. Oh, but I want I mean, you to explain what your group is about and um, if you want to get more people to, to join in and, and, and see your work, etc. For sure. So, which one did you want me to explain? Do you want me to explain the healing or do you want me to just, I'll explain the healing really quick, what I'm doing. So, whichever you want. Yeah. So, if people go and watch the videos, they kind of have an idea of, of what's going on. So, because I know that healing is possible. Oh, we're breaking up again. Sorry. Because Sorry. you know that healing? Because I know that healing is possible. Yeah. Right? One, because I healed myself. And two, because I see people heal all the time. Right? Mm -hmm. I can come into a situation knowing that it's possible. Yes. Right? So because I know that, I can bring that possibility to somebody that doesn't necessarily know that yet. So all I'm doing, like the video might be 15 minutes, but really the healing is instant. All I'm is holding that possibility long enough for them to then go on with their life knowing that possibility. So, for just we've totally broken <laughs> we totally broke okay. again sorry well luckily i think when it records it records before it comes so maybe the recording will be fine but i'll i'll explain it again so sorry when i'm the questions that i'm answering answer asking them is just to get a reference for where they're at so that they can see and feel and know that something is changing. Yeah. What's your pain level between one and 10? Right. Right. So when I tell them to relax, all I'm doing is first of all, I know what they're experiencing, right? I don't have to feel it anymore. Right. I've already felt all the pain I need to feel, right? I don't need to analyze it. Right. I already know it sucks. Yeah. Right. I already know they know it sucks. And I have enough compassion that I don't want it to suck for them anymore. Yeah. Right. So I have to come into it with a high level of compassion and I can have that because I've experienced a lot of sucky in my life. Right. Yeah. And then I have to detach myself from that last moment in time. 
right? Whether that's forgiving myself or forgiving others or whatever that is, right? Step out of that space and just get present in that moment and take that compassion and then that knowing of what's possible and holding it there, knowing that their life's done this, right? So they can't even see that possibility and then pushing all that crap back, right? So that the possibility is just right there and all they have to do is just accept it. And then as they're accepting that, continuing to hold that space until they know that it's happening. Right, so the, the back and forth is just massaging that to stay, right? That flow. Getting right? it thick, yeah. Right, right, and, and allowing them to then know that it's changed. Yeah, that's and that's, and that's, I mean, I know it sounds rather simple, but it is simple. We make it difficult. <laughs> or Ali O'Shea does with all her questionings. Well, just, I mean, it's just human nature, right? I mean, if, if we've been convinced that things have to be difficult for so long, it's uh, sometimes hard to grasp that it doesn't have to be difficult. That's true. Mm. Right, we want to make it more difficult so then we feel we have, we've earned it. Yeah. Right, so with with my YouTube channel and with my Facebook group focused intention, I mean, right now what I'm trying to do is just put myself out there and to show people what's possible. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying to do as many videos. I'm trying to do as many groups just to raise people's awareness to what's possible and to, to get people involved that might feel like there isn't other there isn't anything possible than what they're experiencing at the moment, right? Like life is going to continue going downhill, right? And then out of that, I, I hope to eventually build a, one, a network of people that are, that are involved in not just healing, but learning how to help others heal as well. Yeah, so you want to teach others, don't you, what you do and yeah. how to do it. Yeah, because... I can, I can only reach so many people. Yeah. Right. So if, if I can teach other people, then they can reach more people. And when you share it, it makes it more real. Yeah. So right. anyone can join your group. Yes. Yeah. And it's anyone. called again for the listeners, it's called focused intentions. Correct. On Facebook. And it's, and it's on Facebook. And I mean, I do have my personal profile right now and I just started a, a fan page and then, you know, my, my YouTube channel, but I'm still trying to get everything to kind of flow together. And it I think, that, yeah. And on Saturday, oh, well, it doesn't matter because you won't be airing this before Saturday, but I was going to say I'm going to be doing a big thing on Saturday. Okay, but well, you can talk about it if you want, because maybe in the future you'll do something similar again. Yeah, on Saturdays, I'm going to be doing a, a big healing event because one, I I like to see what can happen when more than just me are focusing their intention on 
on people, right? I think that if everybody comes into it with a different possibility or a different belief, right? Like, let's say somebody that has recovered from MS, they know it's possible. Yeah. I only believe it's possible based off of what else I know is possible. And I believe that it shouldn't be any different. But they can bring that knowing, right? So somebody can bring some different knowing, right? So the more knowing that is in any space and time, it increases that, that spark. Yeah. So right. tell, tell me, where are you doing this healing event? Is it online? Yeah, it's online. Why don't you, you send me some details about it and when I go live, I'll announce it on my page. For sure. For sure. Cool. Great. And do you want to tell listeners what your YouTube channel is? So my YouTube channel is just uh, Michael D. Lumen. Michael. Michael. And your name is spelled differently to normal Michael. So do you want to clarify the spelling of yeah. that? For the so it's Michael. It's M-I-K-A-E-L-D-L-U-M-A-N. Okay. Perfect. Yes. So do you have one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with before we wrap this up? Well, I think the most important thing for them to know is that just because something has been one way doesn't mean that it has to continue that way. Right? And, and, and not to feel like that is their, the only option, right? Because there's, there's plenty of other options out there. It's just, unfortunately, some become so difficult that options become limited. Yeah. But all it takes is a little bit of help or guidance for people to see that, oh, wait, maybe there are options or maybe there are possibilities. You know, and, and I don't think it's any different than what, you know, the manifesting, right? It's just manifesting possibilities, right? Yeah. Knowing that there's so much out there that you could, that you could have if you could just manifest it, mm-hmm. right? Because you're just, you're just taking that vision of the future and bringing it into the present so that you can then step out with it. Right. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Michael. And uh, thank you for your time. And thank you for being here with us all today. Awesome. Thank you so much. So for now, we're going to say namaste and see you next time, listeners. Thanks so much. Okay.